for the reading of the word of the Lord from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, beginning at verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon him. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. Let us pray. O God of love, you gave us the greatest gift of love, Jesus Christ, God, the Son. May we be open once again to receive this gift. May the Holy Spirit be present here, that we might be renewed in hope to live in peace, to experience joy, and to love extravagantly. Give us eyes this evening of a wonder to see your light shine in the world. Give us open ears that we may hear familiar stories in new ways. Give us hearts to receive fully the grace you have for us tonight. And we're just going to pray a special prayer for the Ashley family for what has taken place today. Some of you know, some of you don't, but they are in need of our prayer. So let us bow our heads once again and let us pray. Father, we lift up Kendall and the rest of the Ashley family this night. We pray that you would comfort them that you would console them, Lord, that you would move into that hospital room or whatever's going on now, wherever they have taken him and the rest of the family as they wait, O oh Lord, in eagerness to find out the results or what's going on. Give them your peace, O oh Lord. In the midst of the suffering, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of, Lord, wondering what is going on, may you move in, O oh Lord, into their lives and move into our lives to seek you as we look at Bethlehem once again in the importance that it has in the time of history. We ask this through the beautiful and exalted name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You can be seated. We want to welcome you tonight. We're glad you're here. Uh, this is just a simple service tonight. And we're saying it's simple because uh, you will know and have seen that we also have a pre-recorded service. Uh, that a lot of work has gone into, and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to be in-house or not in-house. And so uh, we said we would be in-house, God willing. Your answer to prayer, look at that. Amen. We're here tonight, and uh, you can see that online service. We're going to watch it later this evening at the at church's uh, website, uh, Elmsdale Church of the Nazarene at dot wordpress.com not app there's no app there dot wordpress.com and it's on on youtube and you can find that and watch that this evening but we're glad you're here we're glad all the kids are here amen amen, amen. and so uh we always say if we hear a little bit of noise it's just some birds singing so don't worry about it uh we want uh, we're glad you're here we're glad the families are here and we're glad the children are here <laughs> Though I enjoy some of the jingle bell music we hear in the Christmas season, my favorites are those carols that tell the world of the true uh, season's reason, and ones that put Christ in Christmas, and year after year they keep him there. 
If not for these old carols, some would never hear what Christmas is all about. In the beginning, we begin after the dawn of human history. In the Garden of Eden, there God made Adam, his wife Eve, and all humanity in his image, that they might rightly know the Creator, heartily love him, and live with him in eternal blessedness. As image bearers of God, we were made in a covenant relationship with God, but broke that bond of fellowship when Adam and Eve sinned by eating of the forbidden tree. Thus the Lord God came to judge Adam and Eve and the serpent for what they had done. Yet in the midst of sin, disobedience, and the pronouncement of a curse, we hear the first news of Christmas. From the woman would come one who would crush the serpent and the sin and death he brought upon the human race. The First Testament leads us to a place called Bethlehem. The reading comes from Micah chapter 5, beginning at verse 2 to 5a. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. For this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can remain seated if you like as we sing the rest of the carols for the night, whereas you can see that we're going through the story of Bethlehem, and hopefully it'll all make sense by the end of this evening. Without these prophecies coming to pass, 
Yet now the strife is ended. Now God is no longer silent. Why so downcast, O Israel of God? Lift up your hearts and heads and hear the long-expected words of fulfillment.
wondrous presence, open doors and prepared hearts for the miraculous event about to happen. The use of angel singles the momentous nature of what was about to occur, a fact that even Abraham centuries earlier had not failed to see. If ever Marshall McLuhan's often quoted maxim, the medium is the message, were true, it is here. The fact that the news came by means of angels changes the nature of the news itself. It becomes a word made more certain, according to Second Peter, a message so binding that it cannot be ignored with serious repercussions in Hebrews chapter 2. It is the news of the impossible from Luke chapter 1 that is about to take place. Angels make the incredible news of the incarnation credible. Let us sing. Most high, 
the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Next reading is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first consensus that took place while Quintinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came that the baby was to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room available for them.
Charles uh, the Seventh, after the death of his father, Charles the Sixth, back in 1422. That's a long time ago. And this declaration was made by a senior peer in the court of France. And as soon as the coffin containing the remains of the previous king descended into the vault, they would declare, the king is dead. That was their announcement. And then they would also make the announcement, long live the king. Because now, as that one king was laid to rest, the new king then came into power. Long live the king, we say, this Christmas Eve. Let earth receive her king. We've been singing about it. We continue to sing about the king. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That is where the title of our series came from. You know, we sang it. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the king of Israel. We could go on all night. We can't have time for that. But you can see that at Christmas we talk a lot about the king. If you were to ask most Christians when I say that Jesus is king, we would say, well, he's king of my heart. We would say that comment, he's Lord, king of my life. Hopefully we would say he rules in his church. And I believe that's where it starts. It has to start there. If we've accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, yes, he is king of my heart. If we've enthroned him and dethroned ourselves, yes, he is Lord of my life, my past, my present, my future. But I believe tonight, is that all they're talking about in the scriptures we've heard tonight? Is that all that we're singing about? I believe it is so much more. Fleming Rutledge, she wrote a book called Advent, and she said that there's a major movement in the mainline churches and parts of the academic world right now to strip away all these transcendent descriptions of Jesus and to present him merely as a teacher, healer, rabbi, sage, spiritual leader, and the ultimate example. This movement isn't new. It's a heresy that's been around for years. But she said, we're starting to see new versions of it again. And she goes on to say, I must take these few moments to bear witness to the truth. That is to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If we choose to think of him as less than this, we should be aware of what we are doing. Whom do we want to be ruler of our lives? Whom do we want to be ruler of this world? Of sin and death, end quote. See, there's something shocking going on, and there's been a research done, and it was done just in this year in March, and it was among evangelicals. And as they were uh, doing this research, they found out that 30% of evangelicals agree that Jesus was just a mere teacher and not God. That's shocking. 65% still agree the statement that Jesus is merely the first of God's created beings. He was created by God. That's also shocking. And I think tonight is important for us to say, my friends, Jesus is not just a teacher and an example. He is not a being that was created by God. He is God. And he is king. And this king has come to us, the king of glory. I like what somebody said to 
this statement. See if you can get it. A thousand times in history, a baby has become a king. But only once in history does a king become a baby. Luke first mentions this Jesus' kingship with Gabriel. Pastor Mike looked at it last week here in our church. When Jesus, Gabriel announces Jesus to Mary in Luke 1, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign in the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I think Gabriel was talking a lot more than just king of my heart. If Jesus' kingdom is anything like David's, it will be a public kingdom. And it will manifest itself here on the earth. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. The wise men that sought Jesus were coming to seek him and already proclaimed when the religious didn't get it, it was the foreigners who got it. They said, we wonder where the king of the Jews is because we want to come and bow down and worship him. They came to worship him as king. While he was king of the Jews and is king of the Jews, his kingship now is over all lands and praise God, even over West Prince. He is the king of the earth, the king of the nations, and the king of the universe. And perhaps the greatest irony for all of us that we struggle with is we look at Luke's story and we see Jesus is king and he is born, but then he's laid in of all places a manger. The king of kings from the line of David is not born to royalty or in a palace, but put in a simple place and born to a common carpenter and a girl named Mary from Galilee. He's not laid in an elegant bed, but in a food trough for animals. The first people to visit him are not royal emissaries, saying, long live the king, but just mere shepherds. And Luke tells us, if you want to see true power, this is what true power looks like. It manifests itself in love, sacrifice and humility and Jesus's kingdom threatens the kingdoms of this world because it says let me show you what true power really looks like the son of God laying in a feeding trough in a manger or nailed to a cruel cross now here's an important statement for us to proclaim tonight on this Christmas Eve 2020, that Jesus is the King. We are saying that all other kingdoms are not. We are saying dead is the kingdoms of this world, and long live King Jesus when we proclaim him as King. I like what Chuck Swindle said. He said, isn't it amazing to consider how the baby in the manger held the universe in place. So what would it mean for us this Advent to declare baby Jesus to be king? What does that look like? What does it look like when we proclaim that he is king this evening in the midst of a global pandemic? In the midst that people were getting bad news today. In the midst that things are not going the way that we would always like them to go. What does it mean for us to call him 
Let earth receive her king. It must mean more than just king of my heart. Praise God, he is king of my heart. Praise God, that's why he came to have a personal, intimate relationship with us. It starts there. But my friends, let's not just end there. Let's proclaim him as king. And to declare him as king means by the virtue of his birth, life, death, and resurrection, Jesus and ascension, Jesus this evening sits at the right hand of the Father. And he is king over all, and he is ruling, and so he knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in my life. COVID-19 was not a surprise to him. He is still sovereign. He still rules, and he is still in control. And I like the statement, and therefore I am not. Maybe say to somebody around you, you're not in control. You know, I think if there's anything that COVID-19 has taught us is that we're not in control, and neither is the leaders of this world. They're all dumbfounded together. He is in control. I like what Andrew Daughters asked in this wonderful prose. What kind of kingdom has Jesus? No castle, no palace has he. No Congress, no Parliament sitting, deciding what laws there will be. Perhaps he has need of but two laws. Love God and your neighbor as well. To obey them is all that is needed, as all of the saintly can tell. He has neither army nor navy nor air force to guard the frontiers to keep out the strangers unwanted and maintain the enemy's fears. Immigration he seems to encourage of quite some disreputable like fishermen and publicans and sinners. To such he is hospitable. It seems there's no revenue service or taxes we must calculate. He surely cannot run a kingdom on what we put in the plate. No currencies here with his picture, no coinage engraved with his name. And where are the posters and slogans proclaiming his power and fame? And I see no trappings of kingship, no robes made of velvet and fur, no crown made of gold set with diamonds to befit our supreme arbiter. Jesus said that his kingdom was really not what Pilate had thought it had been, it was not of this world, and its glory was not of the kind to be seen. If I think about the kingship of Jesus, one of my favorite uh, psalms is Psalm uh, 24. That's just verse 10. But if you think of those verses from 7 to 10, and I love this when it says that. And I think even for us to think about this in COVID-19, this Christmas, as we're on the end of a year and into a new year, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. That psalm was sung 
as David was bringing back the Ark of the Covenant back into the holy city of Jerusalem. It was taken away. It was taken away by the enemy. And, and, and the people were so distraught and so worried. And it was a dark time for them because the presence of God had departed. And then it was brought back into Israel. And wherever the Ark of the Covenant was, there was the blessing of God. And King David decides, it is time. It is time for the presence of God to be back with his people. It's time for the Ark of the Covenant to be put back into the Holy of Holies. And for God's blessing to be with us again and upon us. And so they sang this psalm. And so they're saying, open the gates, open the doors, welcome the King of Glory. Isn't it interesting that David is king? And yet David knows that his kingship is nothing compared to the king of glory. When we celebrate the birth of King Jesus, there should be much joy and celebration in our hearts. Because God's presence has appeared again amongst his people. That's what the birth of Jesus is about. That's why John chapter 1 says... And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Some says tabernacled among us. I love Eugene Peterson. He pitched his tent in our midst. But now instead of it being the Ark of the Covenant, it is a baby lying in a manger. The King of Glory has arrived. There is God. Laying in a feeding trough. Instead of the Ark of the Covenant being brought back into the holy city, God has brought his child himself right in our midst for all the world to see. God is with us. That's why his name is Emmanuel. And my friends, when we get through Advent, we talk about Advent, one of the things that we need to say when we're talking about the King of Glory is there will be a day when the King of Glory will return. Are you excited about that? Do you have much joy and celebration? Jesus said it himself in Matthew 25. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And so when Jesus returns, he's not returning wearing swaddling clothes or the mantle of a suffering servant that we've seen on the cross, but he is coming as our conquering king. And we know that because Revelation tells us, and it is written, that on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the king we worship on this Christmas Eve. And so there's some questions we have to ask ourselves tonight. Is he king of your heart? That's where it starts. Have you allowed him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins and be your personal Lord and Savior? Have you dethroned self and enthroned him and can proclaim him Lord over your life? Is he indeed the one who rules the Elmsdale Church of the Nazarene? I hope and pray that we would say yes. But let's not just stop there. Is he indeed our king of glory? The one who reigns. The one who rules. The one we are looking forward to when he shall return. And he will come. Let earth receive her king. I don't know if you like classical music. 
I'm a newbie, so we didn't hear a lot of classical music growing up. But I learned to love Handel's Messiah. Now, we have a young version of Handel's Messiah with some drums and things in it that we play quite a bit at Christmas. We love it. But when we were at Bible school, we had to sing in a choir. That was part of the, what you had to do. And we had to sing our first year in Germany. We had to do Handel's Messiah. Never sang in a choir in my life. Can't read a note if I needed to. <laughs> And here I am having to do the alto line in Handel's Messiah in Germany. And, uh, but there was something magnificent that happens as you get to that last part of Handel's Messiah, the hallelujah chorus. It's just amazing. And then they would all stand to their feet. And then, then we went again to a, a beautiful Swiss cathedral in the middle of Schaffhausen. And we went in to hear a choir sing it. They did it so much better than we did. And they sang the, the, the whole Messiah, and they got down to the end of, of the Hallelujah Chorus, and everybody stood to their feet. And, and there's these words in that part that says, And the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God, and of his Christ, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah! <laughs> and the audience stood to their feet again. And I was like, well, why do they stand to their feet when they start singing the hallelujah chorus? And someone said, that's what you do when royalty enters the room. King of kings and lord of lords. King of kings and lord of lords. And they go on, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let earth receive her king this year, 2020. Let the church receive her king. Let us shout, long live the king. Let us believe again that our God reigns, that he is our king, and he is in control. Won't you stand now in honor of our king? To respond to what Pastor Benny just said, and maybe you can express it in your voices as we sing to the Lord.
Fourth candle is the candle of love. And a reading from Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 to 5 and 9 to 11. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during this time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
journeyed through four weeks together of expecting the coming of Christ. Today we recognize and celebrate that coming. We rejoice in the light who has come, the one who is the fulfillment of hope, the bringer of peace, the creator of joy and love itself. We illustrate the presence of Christ with us by lighting the white candle, a symbol that the light has come into the world and continues to come. Light shone in the darkness that night and continues to shine today. May we sing and proclaim boldly, let earth receive her king. As we recognize that Christ has already come and as we look forward to the day that he comes again. Reading from God's Word, 1 John 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understanding it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Sharing light from the Christ candle. Tonight we remember that Christ entered the world as a gift of love for the whole world. He is our ultimate example of hope, peace, joy, and love. He is love. So as we celebrate the amazing gift of love from Christ to us, we also look ahead to share it with the world, to love one another as well. The true gift of Christmas is that this light and this love are for the whole world. Tonight we remember that we are to be the light to the whole world. We are to love our families, our friends, our neighbors, and even our enemies, that they too may know of this great light and love. So we will light our candles from the Christ candle as a symbol of carrying the love and the light of Christ into the world, a world filled with the beloved of God. We invite you to all light your candles at home, and may his light shine forth into the darkness of the night. The Lord is our light, our salvation, whom shall we fear? Amen.
worship together or not, and here we are. And we have to wear masks, and we have to disinfect, and we can't go and do our full circle. But you know what? I put up and I've been putting around, you can't cancel Christmas. Because Christ has come to us, the King of glory. And no matter how simple the Christmas is, and even how simple your gatherings will be tonight and even tomorrow, Christ is there because God is with us. And so, <coughs> sorry, we want to wish you a very merry Christmas. And a real happy New Year. <laughs> I have never been so happy. I have never been so happy to see a new year. And I'm sure you are too. Let me pray for us. God of light and enlightenment, expose our selfishness for what it is worth. Shine in the darkest corners of our souls. Make us worthy to celebrate Christ's birth. Shine in the hearts of all your people till we can't ignore the hours of the night. Till all the world greets Christ's nativity by choosing to live in the light. And all God's people said, Amen. Receive the benediction. From this house to yours, may you share in the gifts of this season. May love the promise of generations of tenure. Joy, the gift of life together, fill you. Peace, the desire of neighbor and nations, find you. Hope, the horizon of faith, sustain you. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with each and every one of you. God bless you. Thank you.